This is the Memory Palace. I'm Nate DeMeo. He had not yet begun to fight. He had been shot at. Bullets and cannonballs had torn holes through his ship and some of his shipmates. They were outgunned, and when the British captain had shouted and asked if he was ready to surrender, John Paul Jones said, I have not yet begun to fight, which was a hell of a good line. And it was true. That was the way he rolled back then. And hours later, when his ship was on fire and had nearly sunk into the churning Atlantic, and his flag had been shot away, the other captain asked if he'd struck, if he'd pulled down his flag to surrender. And John Paul Jones said, I may sink, but I'll be damned if I strike, which is also a hell of a line. He didn't remember actually saying that one, but it didn't matter. That's the way it got reported back home, and the people back home loved it. And it helped make him a bona fide hero of the revolution, a great man in a time of great men. He had not yet begun to fight. He remembered that. And he remembered when he ordered his men to attack the British mainland, to take the fight right to him. And when he took prisoner after prisoner, ship after ship, wreaking havoc on the Royal Navy off the coast of Nova Scotia. And when he was honored by George Washington, by the King of France, and how after the war, when other heroes moved on to governing, he kept fighting. He led the Russian Navy against the Turks. He fought pirates on behalf of the United States. He remembered all of that, though he wondered why no one else seemed to. Why, when he returned to Paris, and he used to run that town, he used to hang out with Ben Franklin, and they'd have French women falling all over themselves to get to them. But now, just what, 15 years later, Geez, not even. Now he couldn't even get the Marquis de Lafayette to have dinner with him. They used to be tight. He remembered that at least. He must have remembered all of it as he sat alone in his apartment, as his cough was getting worse, and as he knew he was going to die and could only hope that someone would come by to check in on him. So at least he wouldn't have to be alone when it happened. John Paul Jones died on July 18, 1791. At least we think so. He had been dead for quite a while when someone came in to check on him and found him slumped over. He was 45. There was no state funeral. There was no national day of mourning back home in the United States. Despite the fact that he could have argued that there wouldn't even be a United States without him if he could have found someone to go out to dinner with to listen. So, some servants and a few friends put him in a box, and buried John Paul Jones in a cemetery for foreigners and Protestants. And then again, they forgot all about him. He had been shot at. Confederate shells exploded all around him. But the Rebel Brigade didn't break through. And Horace Porter got the Medal of Honor. He remembered that. And when he became a general, and when he lived in the White House and worked as the personal secretary for his friend Ulysses Grant, that was something. But that was a long time ago. General Porter was now 67 years old. He was the ambassador to France. And he was bored and maybe a little lonely. So he went to look for John Paul Jones. The general knew the captain was buried somewhere in Paris and he wanted to pay his respects. But no one seemed to know where his grave was. And that wasn't right. This was the father of the American Navy. There had to be like a monument somewhere, but no one he asked him to know where he was buried. And that's because no one did. After Jones's servants and so-called friends spread out the last shovel full of dirt, 
They were supposed to file some paperwork with the city, but they didn't bother to fill out the whole form. And now, a hundred years later, no one knew where he was. And this wasn't right, thought the retired general. You don't just forget about John Paul Jones. After everything he did for his country, you just don't forget about people like that. And it turned out that at 67, Horace Porter had not yet begun to fight. It took him six years to figure out where Jones was buried. A lot had happened to the man since his death 108 years earlier. When he'd been put into the ground, that ground had been owned by the French royal family. And just a couple years later, the revolutionary government sold it for cash. And someone built a grocery store on top of it, a presumably haunted grocery store. Later on, there was a laundry and an apartment building whose walls and cesspools were dug right there among the coffins and corpses. By the time Horace Porter showed up with a shovel, John Paul Jones was buried in a pet cemetery where people would watch dogs and roosters fight and they'd place bets and they'd dig holes in which to dump the losers. Horace Porter started digging. He assembled a team of excavators. Out of his own pocket, he paid off landlords of neighboring apartments so they'd let them dig. It took months. They dug tunnels and they'd have to punch holes through the tops of them to get some fresh air in because the smell of trash and dead animals and century-old corpses would send them reeling. But Horace Porter would be damned if he'd surrender. And then he found them, and he found that someone had planned ahead. John Paul Jones was buried in a lead coffin filled with alcohol. It was airtight, and when they opened it, there was Captain Jones, pickled, nearly perfectly preserved, it seems that when he died, an admirer, a Frenchman, didn't like that no one seemed to remember the captain. And so he sprung for an expensive casket in the alcohol, in the hopes that someday, someone might come looking for him. And he wanted to make sure that there was something left of Jones, in case that someone would be willing to give him the burial he deserved. So the general and the captain went back home. Jones was borne home by four American battleships, and Horace Porter earned himself another moment of glory. Speaking alongside Teddy Roosevelt at the elaborate state funeral held for the man he spent six years looking for. Afterward, he spent another seven years working on getting an elaborate sarcophagus built for Captain Jones in Annapolis, in marble, in an ostentatious rotunda with gold dolphins. You can't miss it, which is for the best. And if you're looking for General Porter, and I'm sure he would appreciate it if you were, He's buried in the Old First Methodist Church Cemetery, West Long Branch, New Jersey, Section C, Lot 44. It seems he made sure that someone filled out the whole form. <laughs>